day is it? Is okay. Hang on, Bell. Huh? Is this thing still on? Hey, Maybe. Uh, I think I left it on all night, man. Last night we were doing something. Look, last thing I remember was downing like a whole pint of Grandma Esther's eggnog all oh. by myself. Oh, don't say it. it hurts my head when you say that. Yeah. Uh. I had, dude. I had this crazy dream too, where like, like, like I was wrong, and Eddie is the reverse Flash. I, dude, it was. It is a rough dream, but that must have been a nightmare. All right, all right. Well, hey, look, dude, it's okay. We we can recover, man. We've got we got weeks. We got we got New Year's to look forward to. We got uh, all kinds of crazy stuff uh, that's gonna happen before we have to record again. I mean, let's see. What time is it, right? Oh, Bell. What day is it? Oh my gosh, it's January. We slept. Wait, what? Where? What? what oh happened? my gosh. Oh. Why did you? You should have woken me up, man. Hey, you, you should have woken me up. Oh man. Okay. I'm a really heavy sleeper. Wait, wait. Oh my gosh, dude. No, no, no. You don't understand. It's not just that we slept for like a month. Look at this. January 21st. Dude, we've got a show that we got to do tonight. We we haven't even watched the episode. Oh crap. Okay. Uh, think quick. What what do we do? Man, what do we do? I got a plan. All right. Okay. So I have a treadmill in the gym in my apartment. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna run really fast. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'm going to, like, I don't know, make it cosmic somehow. And then I'm going to go back in time. Okay. And I'm going to watch the episode. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that'll work. Wait, what about me? Wait, what? wait. I'll do it. No, no, no. Dude, I'll do it in reverse. Oh. Yeah. That's not a bad idea. That's not all a right. bad idea. All right. On the, on the count of three. Should we do this? All right. All right. You ready? Yep. All right. One. Two. Three. Accelerating your fandom. This is Flash TV Talk. Welcome to Flash TV Talk, the fan podcast dedicated to reviews, news, and spoilers for the hit CW show, The Flash. I'm Bo. And I'm Bell. Bell, man, how you doing tonight? After that fun night of sleeping <laughs> for a month. <laughs> Yeah, man. That, that, look, yeah, that was uh, that's a fun little sketch. Of course, the uh, Grandma Esther's Eggnog Extravaganza Call-In Christmas, uh, man, longest titled <laughs> podcast in the history of podcasts. Uh, that was a lot of fun, and uh, hopefully some of you stuck around. Uh, but for those of you who left us after that crazy night, we understand. And uh, if you want to come back, great, but otherwise, we understand. I, I, I don't. You don't want to come back? No, I don't understand. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Well, man, I'm excited. We, we got a fun show planned for you guys tonight. There's a couple of housekeeping items, though, before we jump into the uh, the re- reviews, recaps, speculation, and uh, and even some news. We got some great stuff to talk about. But Ooh. first, we got to let you know that as we uh, as we were leaving last year, we kind of had a, a fundraiser that we were doing for the network. And part of our goal, if we hit our goal, was we were going to start a new podcast. And, uh, and we hit our goal. And therefore, the Arrow TV Talk podcast is born. Yes, it is, and it was super duper fun. The first uh, inaugural episode that yeah. we recorded last week uh, had an excellent time with that. Getting really excited to watch Arrow. Yeah, absolutely, and and this is the beautiful thing that show, Arrow TV Talk, is really for you guys. 
there are a lot of wonderful Arrow podcasts out there that are tracking with the show, much like we're doing with The Flash. That's really for just the off weeks. Whenever we don't have an episode of Flash TV Talk, we're going to have an episode of Arrow TV Talk. So it should be a lot of fun. Uh, this is a fresh perspective. Bell has never really sat down and watched the uh, the series from the beginning to end. So if you haven't checked it out, you absolutely should. Uh, not only that, but we got a contest going over here, and we got a new contest coming over here. Yes, that is absolutely right. And what exactly are we giving away in this contest? Well, this is pretty cool. We've decided that um, we're going to hook you guys up with some free digital comics. Really easy to do. All you have to do is head on over to iTunes, write us a review, and every single time that we get a 10th review, uh, we will be giving away some digital comics, which is pretty awesome. Uh, so to get yourself in the running, head on over to iTunes. We're looking for those four- and five-star reviews. Write us up a review. And the beautiful thing is, if you've already reviewed us on iTunes, don't worry, you're already in the running. And uh, yeah, and you're pretty much in it until you win it. So uh, so do that. And um, yeah. We'll yeah, if you don't win, you know, the first time we hit 10, don't worry because you're still in it. That's right. That's right. All right, man. So uh, I think, I think you know, I know we're a little rusty. We, we, we've been doing Arrow, but we haven't been doing Flash for a while. I, are, are we ready for this? I, I, I hope. All right. <laughs> Let's jump into the rundown. The rundown. <laughs> Episode 10, Revenge of the Rogues, directed by Nick Copas and story by Kai Yu Wu and Jeff Johns. Bell, what happened this episode? Well, this episode, uh, as Barry works on improving his speed through various training exercises, Leonard Snart returns to Central City with the freeze gun and a new partner, McRory, to set a trap for the Flash. Barry discovers his plan and agrees with Dr. Wells not to engage Snart in the hopes that he goes away and no one gets hurt like last time. When the Flash fails to show, Snart and Rory, who now has a gun that can emit absolute hot temperatures, kidnap Caitlin to force Barry out of hiding. Cisco and Barry realize that if they can get Snart and Rory to cross the streams of their respective weapons, it will cancel out the effects. The Flash meets Snart and Rory in the middle of a city for a showdown, exposing himself to the media. After multiple failed attempts, Barry eventually gets them to cross the streams with Eddie's help, successfully damaging the weapons and disabling the criminal pair. While in transport to Iron Heights Prison, Snart and Rory are broken out by Snart's sister. Meanwhile, Caitlin investigates the cause of Ronnie's transformation. You can't put those two in prison. We all know what they're going to do. Dude, the end of this episode, I was like, yeah, Golden Glider, what? <laughs> Man, it's uh, that's it's going to be a fun one. Like, this is the great thing. Every single episode teases for wonderful things to come. Uh, but man, amazing things happen to this episode, and some things I got to admit, I'm going to be a little critical of. I'm, I've, I got, I'm going to pick some nits here. Oh, yeah, uh -oh. But, that, that's a first for you. I know. Look, I'm, what, what are you saying, man? I'm, I'm typically very positive. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm very that's what I'm saying. It's, 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 it's a first for you to be nitpicky. Okay, I was very much like. Uh, me and Papa Joe, we were bonding this episode. Like, you know, his, his daughter's heading out of the house, you know, as, as a father of a daughter myself, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm hurting with him, man. I'm, I'm not liking Eddie. <laughs> Eddie's taking Iris out of the house. I'm not liking that he's taking her away from Barry. That makes me upset too. But, uh, you know, man, Papa Joe is going to be living on his own for a while or so it seems. Yeah. Yeah. So it seemed for a while. But yeah. Turns out not to, not to be the case. That's right. He comes down with uh, Squirtle the turtle. <laughs> or, or Squiddy the Pity. I don't, what was the thing called? Oh man, I think it was, it was something. It couldn't have been Squirtle the Turtle because you know Nintendo would have sued. Them. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, oh, what was his name? Myrtle the Turtle, maybe. Maybe. Hey, by the way, speaking of suing and, and cross pollinating the uh, the old uh, uh, universes here, what uh, Space Ghost is that owned by a DC? Oh, that's I, a that's a Hanna Barbera was, property. Yeah, that was the first thing that I thought when I saw that. I, 
it, it might be public domain now, actually. No. No way. Space Ghost is an old character. It, not older than Mickey Mouse. Isn't the whole thing about well, okay, public so domain? The, okay, first off, let me go on a little, a little side tangent here. Do it. Do it. Uh, the, the only reason why Mickey Mouse and all those Disney properties haven't gone into public domain is because they have a crap ton of money to throw the politicians pockets. to expand copyright laws. That's right. Yeah. So I, uh, I I think it was specific to those properties for Disney and Mickey Mouse and all that kind of stuff. I don't know for sure. Okay. Because, I mean, you know, you have Space Ghost. Well, I guess I guess Cartoon Network. And but Hanna yeah, that Barbera. was Hanna-Barbera. Like, that, that's the thing. So I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of curious about that. It's interesting, you know, with uh, uh, as Iris is cleaning out her boxes, she finds the nerd survival kit, which I have take a little bit of offense to that name, uh, which <laughs> is his yellow and red backpack that we saw in the pilot. And, uh, and inside, he pulls out a couple of comics. Now, we only actually get to see the one, which is the Space Ghost, uh, you know, bagged and boarded and, and st- stored in his, uh, <laughs> in his backpack. Which, by the way, that's pretty well preserved for being squashed in a backpack in the attic. Yeah, I thought so, too. I was like, that's, that's a pretty impressive uh, way to store comic books and not have them be damaged. Of course, you know, in the real world, I don't think that would happen. No. But uh, for, you know... For TV, I guess it works, right? <laughs> and so, you know, a lot of people, they, there's there's a little conversation about this. Of course, Barry Allen in the comics was a fan of comics. The uh, the Silver Age, the, the original Barry Allen storyline was that he was actually inspired by the Golden Age Flash, who was a comic book character. Yes, that's right. Jay Garrick was who inspired him to become the Flash because he read Flash comic books. That's right. That's right. So, you know, I think a lot of people were kind of, you know, I, myself included, uh, kind of you know scoping out the backpack, hoping to see some uh, some Golden Age Jay Garrick comics in there. That would have been really cool. I I I really would have loved to see that, but I don't think they would do that because that might confuse some viewers who aren't familiar with that fact about the Flash. That well, Flash fact. Yeah, yeah, I, I can see that. I mean, that that makes sense. And 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 maybe they want to save the Jay Garrick character for a for an in universe character, right? Yeah, and that, that's also a potential. Uh, potential avenue for them to travel down yeah so we'll, we'll see where, where that goes but uh anyway so we do get to see the nerd survival kit and uh, and space ghost which is uh all all fun and classy we see that barry is having a difficult time with the whole uh him revealing his feelings to iris although not revealing the fact that he's the flash uh and uh, and he and joe kind of bonding over that that was good i also found it very interesting that the first thing that Joe thought of when he said, when Barry said, I told her, it was like, you told her you're the Flash? Because he was like, there's no way that Barry would ever tell Iris <laughs> how he feels about her. Yeah. Well, you know, I thought, well, you know, maybe if you told her you were the Flash, it might have helped you out with the whole I got feelings for you thing. That's true. Yeah. You know, by the way, I love you. Oh, uh, and I'm the Flash. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally a superhero. And I've saved your life a couple of times. And I do the crazy voice thing. Yeah, the crazy voice thing is pretty cool. It is pretty cool. She leaves. And as soon as she leaves... Something happens in this episode that was kind of a theme throughout, which is Papa Joe is taking advantage of Barry Allen's superpowers. <laughs> Come on now. Barry did super speed cleaning for Papa Joe, and he did super reading later on for Caitlin. That's true. Now, I'm wondering this as well. So let's say Iris had come back 15 minutes later. She's like, oh, I need to get one more box. Right. What happened to the boxes? Was like, how was all this cleaned in 15 minutes? Yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't thought about it from that practical angle. I just don't, didn't like the fact that everybody was taking advantage of Barry. I mean, like, you know, he's not, I, I don't know. Well, let's be honest, though. It's, like, it's one of those things where Barry always wants to help people. I doubt he's like, oh, I can't believe I'm helping people do stuff. Well, in all fairness, Bell, it's a matter of priorities. He right now has to be out there training. 
he maybe he needs to train how to speed read maybe he'll be fighting the reverse flash and while he's running he needs to pick up like a book on jujitsu and speed read it and then he can fight reverse flash ninja style i know kung fu <laughs> show me <laughs> exactly. and then everyone runs into the control room at uh at star labs and like cisco's like you know, flash, just fight reverse flash, and they all get up and run off. <laughs> Bring it. Yeah. So then we get flash versus the drone. That was cool. That was pretty cool. I, you know, I liked it. It was good. He brought it. Dude, Harrison Wells almost, almost, uh, oh, uh, yeah. I guess pulled the cat out of the bag on that one. You no. see, he's like, put, put the foot, well, he puts his foot on the ground where he's like, I'm going to have to save this dude. <laughs> oh, no, I didn't see that. Did you not see that? No, I completely missed that. He's, yeah, Harrison Wells, he puts his hand on the on the armrest and one foot on the ground. No. Yes, yes. Oh, I totally missed that. That's that's awesome. How could you miss that? That was amazing. Oh, man, that's good. That's yeah, because, like, you know, Barry stops and the drone's shooting at him, and, like, Harrison's like, uh, uh-oh, I may need to get up. And that's when he, you know, he slows down to fight the drone. Yeah, he catches the missile and throws it back at it, which was amazing. Yeah, Super cool. No, no, no. Okay, so I guess I took that as him just kind of bracing himself for whatever was about to happen. I love your theory of, oh man, Barry's about to die. He's, you know, what I've been creating all this time and investing, you know, all this energy into. You know, it's worth being the reverse. Although, he could. We don't technically fully understand how his powers work. Perhaps the reverse flash is so fast he can be in two places at once. Uh, Yeah, maybe he like opens some sort of temporal time schism i don't know that's but that's yes. all for last episode man <laughs> and i'm sure future episodes as well but uh yeah man I, okay so that's cool i i did not notice that whatsoever but i do like the fact that he's pushing him very very hard in fact i think this episode gave me a new appreciation for hg wells and where his headspace is one of the one of the things that we've been trying to speculate this entire series is what is his end game and what has he been after and you know if if he is eobard thon which he is uh, then you know what does that mean, and and is this you know is he the uh, the villain waiting in the wings here? What, you know what drives him, what motivates him? Well, I saw an interesting thing today saying that perhaps uh, we saw so so perhaps there are still two reverse flashes out there. Yes, Harrison Wells is a reverse flash. Maybe he's Zoom, uh. and maybe someone else was the person who came back and beat him up. It might not have been a, uh, a a future version of himself. It could have been another reverse flash coming to beat him up. So I'll tell you what, man. I want to get into all of that good stuff, and, and let's save it kind of after we go through all the, the episode stuff. Because we've, we've been criticized in the past for... Uh, derailing. Well, not derailing, but focusing a little bit too heavily on, on that as a, a subject matter. But I think that it, it deserves the time and uh, energy that's put into it. But I do want to make sure we're talking about everybody, because everybody got their moment... Uh, for the most part, they're kind of their hero moment. Not only do we have Barry pushing himself, and even H.G. Wells kind of uh, having that bonding moment of, "Hey, you, you drive, you know, you force me to be a better person as well." But man, we got a big hero moment in throughout this episode for Vibe, uh, as well as Papa Joe gets a big one near the end. But a lot and of people, Eddie. well, and Eddie as well. Yeah, this is true. I mean, on, once the Flash has revealed himself, which is really the pinnacle of this episode. Uh, it it there was a gear shift in almost everybody that was present. Everyone starts to realize this is not, you know, we're not going to be J. Jonah Jameson hunting down Spider-Man. We're going to recognize this guy as a hero. And that made me excited. Eddie, Eddie saw it. Captain Buzzkill saw it. And then everybody else, I guess, already knew about it. But everybody was so on board with this guy as the Flash. I'm like, I'm all for it. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I, I I thought it was really really neat to see Eddie change from a guy who's like we got to catch this dude, he's crazy, and to jump out in front of two dudes with crazy weapons and protect him like that's super you know that that's that's hope man that that's yeah. very instilling hope in people absolutely you know? and of course they got those crazy weapons thanks to our boy Cisco yup yeah going in there hang on I've got um I've got his speech right here we will not go quietly into the night. We will not vanish without a fight. We're going to live on. We're going to survive. Today, we celebrate our Independence Day. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if that was exactly word for word, Cisco's speech, it was something but it was like very that. close. It's something like that. He could, you know, he's like, you know what? We're going to do this together. It was very, it was very inspiring. Yeah, it was. It was good. Yeah, it was. It was great. He came in there. He shows off his weapons. He's got a new sniper-looking thing version of the cold gun, which looked totally like. Well, it didn't look totally like, but it was very reminiscent of a proton pack. It was reminiscent of a proton pack. A lot of Ghostbuster references this episode, which I, I enjoyed. Yeah, absolutely. Some on the nose. Some uh, some less like that. That was good. And uh, he's he's equipped. He wants to go in. He wants to equip the uh, the police department with all this uh, new gear. These new uh, heat shields, which were pretty bad. Bad a. Eh? And uh, and then yeah, he gets everybody riled up, and then Captain Buzzkill's like, "Uh, no, man, sorry, I'm gonna gonna hurt my officers. Come on, well, Buzzkill." Well, okay, no, I'll be honest. When I uh, when I first I was like, "Yeah, absolutely, that's a really good idea for him to do that." And then when they were all, you know, how do we know you're not going to blow us up like you did the particle reactor? I was like, "Oh yeah, that's right. They did kind of like blow up the particle reactor and sort of screw a lot of stuff up." Yeah, and look. So- <laughs> <laughs> so it made sense for them to be apprehensive. Yeah, I get that. But I felt like he was all, that was what his speech was about. Like it was, a, it was supposed to be a big bonding moment. And dude dude shuts him down. He's still upset about his burger. But that's all right. Dummies are one thing. My dudes are something else. But I got to tell you, man, Cisco doesn't mess around. When he brings the tech, he brings it upright. Because they go out there. he brings the tech, enemies get wrecked. Oh, I like that. Yeah. yeah, that's good. That's good. So they go would, in there, and they have no earthly idea at this point because they're all going up against Snart. Uh, Barry has deduced based on the fact that uh, you know the metal was so cold it shattered like glass, like Mister Glass. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, that uh, it's Snart. He's back. The winter is coming, and so they have to go in there, and uh, and they do. And it seems like they're all prepared, except no. Snart's not alone. Bell. He's got a buddy. He has a crazy buddy. Crazy Thorin Oakenshield buddy. Why? Why is he Thorin Oakenshield? I don't know. He kind of reminded me of Thorin Oakenshield from, uh, from the Hobbit. Yeah, no, I didn't get any of that at all. Not at all. He's uh, I um, he's got a uh, kind of, you know, we we must take back Erinbor for the fire. No, he was more like I want to see everyone burn. He's more like Smaug than anything else. Yeah, I can see that. That makes sense. That makes sense. He was obsessed with fire. Yeah, in love with it. And and he thought that you know by burning your skin off you could see the true you yeah i know it revealed himself so there's a heat wave man they're going to come back at it we've got captain cole with a cold gun we got heat wave with his heat gun and uh and they're not prepared for the heat they, they you know he doesn't understand why why are the cops called the heat when heat wave is bringing the heat yeah he's like i don't get it why why i'm the one with the flamethrower thing not the which you know i, I need to talk about that gun though do it uh, so it was one thing to have a gun that, that makes stuff absolute zero. Uh, you know, I was like, okay, OMG science, but plank temperature, absolute hot. Is that you, a thing? Yeah, that's oh. a thing. But do, do you understand how hot that is? 
Uh, like 300 degrees Kelvin. No. Oh. No, 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 no. Like, so, so the core, uh, hold on, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm supernova, gonna, supernova. Uh, hotter than that. Hotter than a supernova. Hotter than the surface of the sun, Greenclaw says. Well, it's it's hotter than the core of the sun. We're talking, this is this is the absolute highest temperature possible. But the idea is that it's contained, right? That it's like a self-contained heat beam. That would be the only way that that would be feasible, because if I shot a beam of heat that was that hot, it would incinerate, like, everything around. Like, I'm talking everything. Like, did, Well, did, I mean, you know, like you say, OMG science, we got to give it to them. Everything we understood about physics changed in the pilot. I, I, I guess. And temperatures. But, so, okay, so let's see here. Uh, so it, it's 1.416 times 10 to the 32 Kelvin. Oh. That's 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 1.4 with 32 zeros after it. Well, some like it hot, Bell. That's extremely hot. That's extremely hot. That's like, that's that, that's hotter than hot. That's hot, hot, hot. All right, well, let's talk about this because we jump around in this show. That's That's how we do it. Uh, the whole concept, because because Vibe tells him that the way to shut them down is you got to get you know you got to cross the streams Ghostbuster style. Yeah. Which because that movie is <laughs> compared to the compared to the science in uh, in in the Flash, that mu- movie is surprisingly accurate. Uh, but so that's what the goal is. Here's my thing with that: I didn't understand why, aside from the fact that it looked cool, I didn't really get why that was necessary. Okay. This is where so- I get nitpicky. So the, the the reason why is so absolute zero is a temperature at which all matter ceases to move okay. because you know all atoms vibrate uh, and the the colder they get the slower they move the hotter like that that's that's what temperature is or that's yeah temperature is just a measure and I'm probably getting this all wrong please you know my physics is not exactly but whatever so so yeah as stuff gets hotter the molecules move faster you know water as it as it cools off it becomes solid right as you warm it, it becomes a liquid. As it, as you put more energy into it, the molecules move faster, become steam. So absolute zero is where all molecular motion stops. So as far as we know, we, we, we can't achieve that. Okay. Now, Planck temperature, you could, you could say, is kind of like the absolute opposite, where it's like there's so much energy in the system that the, the particles are moving at such an extreme rate that the temperature is so high that it's – when I think of plank, it's hard. It's hard to wrap my brain around plank temperature. It's that hot. Okay. Like we're talking about, you know, in the core of the sun is like twenty three million degrees or something like that. We're talking about orders of magnitude hotter. Okay. Than that, and so I guess the idea here is that absolute zero plus like absolute hot would cancel each other out because okay. you're shooting a beam that stops all the motion of all the particles. At a beam with like infinite particle movement, not really infinite, but like you know, super fast particle movement, super high temperature. So I can understand that. Like, I, I mean, you know, it's OMG science. I was able to OMG science that away easier than I was for them to shoot the heat gun because, like, like <laughs> Green Claw pretty much hit the nail on the head uh, earlier in the chat. If you shot that gun, she's absolutely right. It would ignite the entire atmosphere. Like it, that, that's how hot it would. It would just burn everything. Okay, so that's fine. Here's the thing, though. Why couldn't he just punch him in the face? Yeah, I mean, he should have just He ran to, like, in run. between those guys twice. He could have just clotheslined him out. That fight would have been over in two seconds. Yeah, I, I, I want to say, and, and, it, and it kind of hurts me to do this, but it was poor writing, I think. Ooh, how dare you take, take on Jeff John's writing? I, I, I'm not saying that it was, you know, I'm not saying poor. I, I, mm. I feel really bad saying that because the show is so well done. It's After so well Jeff done. Johns threw your webcomic a retweet, you criticize his writing, Matthew Bell. 
but what I, what I'm saying is like I don't know. There, there seems to be a that because my first thought is anytime I deal with the Flash or Superman or any of these characters, sure. It's like, why don't they just uh, use their super speed to end the conflict immediately? Like, almost near instantaneous, you know? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, I, I get where you're going with this. There's a suspension of disbelief that you go into this for in order for you to be entertained, and I'm fine with that. Obviously, with almost every single one of these episodes, the argument is, well, it's, he's the Flash. He'd knock him out in two seconds. Why, why is this even a thing? But this one just seemed gratuitous. He ran between those guys twice, and if all he had to do was hold out his arms... And the fight is over. So I just, I, you know, I, I wish there was a little bit more explanation as to why it needed to happen, why they the guns needed to cancel each other out. Because, you know, for one thing, it, if if maybe they were somehow connected to cold and uh, and heat wave, and that's why, you know, the, the only way to knock them out is while they're actually, you know, I don't know. I even thought, what about the fact about the guns being neutralized? So because Greenclaw, again, Greenclaw getting a lot of shout outs this episode, uh, points out that you know, they, they say, okay, we want to neutralize them. Well, here's the thing. They didn't neutralize. The, the guns are still working. Cisco even says we want to make sure that these don't get into the wrong hands again. So I, I, I don't get it. Well, I, I think maybe the intent was that they are destroyed. Um, but they're not. Well, I mean, Cisco, Cisco says very specifically he has the guns in hand, and he says very specifically they want to make sure that they don't want to get, get those into the wrong hands again. Well, so what I took away from that was that the guns were rendered inoperable by the mergers of the absolute hot and absolute cold ray. Okay. All right. So now the thing and, – and, and the reason why I'm saying this is because earlier in the episode when Captain Cold and Heatwave are talking, you know, Heatwave gets his gun shot when they're their first encounter with the cops. Right. And it breaks it. And so that next scene they're sitting – you know, Heatwave's sitting there saying, hey, you know, I really appreciate you making me learn this weapon backwards and forwards – so that this repair was super easy. So yes, they took the guns away. I think they're I think they're inoperable. And what I think is going to happen is they're going to rebuild their weapons, mm. or they're going to get their hands on another one because because it, it looked like at the end of the episode that uh, you know Golden Glider actually had a freeze gun herself. She had something. I will say I was actually uh, half expecting for uh for the, for during the explosion for that to somehow fuse with them and give them metahuman powers which i got to say is not my favorite idea i actually prefer the the older version of captain cold where he, where he has the gun uh mm -hmm. but in the in the new 52 he actually he's a metahuman himself yeah and the in the uh the heroclix set which i guess is based off new 52 he had you know powers yeah stuff. is he wearing a hoodie instead of a parka uh, it's like a sleeveless hoodie thing. Yeah, you know? yeah, that's uh, that's that's the new guy. Well, so so here's my thing though. Like, what I would wish, what what I wanted to see in that fight was a reason for him not to be able to just run up and steal their weapons, right? So right. I, I wanted there at least to be some sort of explanation where it's like Barry, you can't just run up there and do that because if you do, X will happen. And that explanation wasn't there for me, eh, you know. But whatever, you know, it may, may, maybe it's Barry. Going in there, and he's like, "Sure, I could end this like that, but that's not going to prepare me for a reverse flash." Yeah, yeah. So you know, so maybe he's just taking these fights more seriously, where he's like, "Sure, you know, if I run up there and defeat these guys like that, that's not going to help me do anything." But okay, you know, I like that. That's I. You, that's a good explanation for this. I mean, I wish I, I think it would have been good if they tied that into the story. But I can buy the idea of I can take these guys out easily, but right now I need to push myself to the limit. So let me take them out the hard way. Yeah, because he's basically, you know, earlier, Wells really influenced Barry by saying, you know, you got to prioritize stuff. And that was kind of going against Barry's character. And and Joe realized that when he said, you know, 
when he said what was it, the line that he said? He's talking about priorities, and he's like, you know, it's funny because I never heard Barry say that. He sounds like you when he's talking yeah. to Wells. Yeah, and so that was I a good line. That was a good line. I actually thought about it too line. when uh, when he when he said that to Joe. Yeah, that was a very very good line. I think that that's Barry's way of of at least this is how I'm rationalizing this, right? So I think that you know Barry finding them in a manner that tests him and pushes him is a way for him to reconcile that. So yes, he's not preparing himself like he should be to fight the reverse flash, but he's still trying to uh, better himself even when he's not fighting the higher priority stuff, you know? All right. <laughs> <laughs> I can dig it. That's good. I, I can definitely see that. I got to tell you, man, Wentworth Miller's Captain Cold is probably my favorite thing on television right now. Oh gosh, he is so good. Owns it. Like best... Uh, Put your seatbelt on. I mean, come on. Oh my <laughs> that gosh, was so awesome! And oh, what I loved was when he when he did the whole they captured Caitlyn and they did that whole video they released to the press. Mm-hmm. Uh, something became very clear to me, which was the fact that he his end game beyond like beyond everything, d- despite what he even told Heatwave, his end game was so that the Flash would be would be you know recognized by the populace. In other words. Because the Flash is now seen as an actual superhero, it validates Captain Cold. Like, he doesn't want to be snart anymore. He wants to be Captain Cold. But he can't just be some costumed supervillain with a gimmick if there's no hero to validate his existence. And I love that, man. I, I love this character so much. I'm so happy to see where they where they take him and what they do with him. And I love how he even gets that... You know, there's a there's a weird sense of respect from the reverse. I'm sorry, from H.G. Wells when he says, you know, for a non metahuman, Snart yeah. is actually proven to be a pretty, you know, uh, uh, difficult adversary. Difficult whatever. adversary, yeah. And so I, man, I'm loving this character. I cannot wait to see what he does next. You know, he's just going to continue to build on his uh, his team of rogues that he's got going on. We got his sister popping up at the end. Uh, we also know that the rogues gallery as a whole is expanding. We'll get to that in, in news and spoilers later on. But man, I am excited to see what they do with that character. Well, yeah, and, and not only that, like to your point about you can't have a supervillain without a superhero. Yeah, uh, it's also one of those things where if he were to kill Barry, just you know, secretly, then nobody's really going to know his achievements, right? So so Barry comes forward as this protector of the city, and then Captain Cold straight up just dismantles the protector of this city. Fear instantly sets into the populace, right? They know that there's no longer this protective force that's protecting the city, and Captain Cold and Heat Wave can then just you know run rampant and basically own the city, which is what they want to do. Well, that's what he says, but like I said, I think, I think it's more than that. Well, yeah, but I mean, but that, that that's uh, making validating the Flash's existence, like making everyone realize that the Flash is real, validates his existence. It also, when he defeats the Flash, validates that he is a force to be reckoned with. Okay, really quick, another nitpicky thing. If that p- painting, if that painting was worth so much, why didn't anybody throw a tarp over it? Yeah, they carried it around like, be careful, it's worth millions of dollars, dude. Throw a tarp over it, plastic or something. I have seen how art is transported, and it is not like that. Put it in a in a box in some kind of something. Yeah. yeah, you can't you just can't carry it around like that. I you know what when uh when Heat Wave burned up the painting, I was actually kind of kind of sad about that. Why? I liked the painting. Yeah, it was nice, but you know, it's I I, I kind of liked Heat Wave's quote where he's like, "Yeah, all this shows me is that rich people will spend their money on stupid stuff." Yeah, but he's not putting two and two together to realize that means they'll pay you for it. He's kind of crazy. <laughs> kind of reminded me a little bit of the Rhino from uh, from the Amazing Spider Man too. I was getting sort of like a psycho, uh, a psychopathic Drax the Destroyer. Oh, I could see that. Yeah, 
Yeah, oh, Psychopath is right, man. He's sitting there. He's about to uh, kill or torture Caitlyn. Um, leaves her for dead with the bomb connected. And uh, and who do we have to the rescue? Everybody says it's Cisco, but I'm saying, no, Cisco like, didn't even trip the tripwire. Yeah, yeah, he tripped the tripwire. And then Papa Joe's the one that gets the save. I, I don't know. Twitter was like erupting with, yeah, go Cisco. Cisco's a hero. And I'm like, dude, nah. Cisco got him there, granted. But Papa Joe got the win. That, that was the save on Papa Joe. That's another thing. Um, that's that's my one of my biggest nitpicks about that episode is that I don't know what kind of explosives they're using, but they weren't very powerful because, I mean, if you want to ensure that if somebody gets a tripwire and, you know, it kills everybody in the room, then knocking over a chair shouldn't be able to stop that blast. They all, all of them should have been dead if they were using any sort of real explosives. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was, that was kind of a, you know, a little bit of a delay. I would have expected somebody like heat wave to have the, the bomb go off a little quicker. Well, not, not even quicker, but just like have a bigger explosion. Cause it just looked like for, for my, for my view, what it looked like was uh, they knocked the chair over and basically got behind the because the bottom of the chair was like one of those big discs you know it wasn't like four individual chair legs or whatever yeah it's just a big circular thing so they knocked that over and then that contained the blast all right so we got to talk about the b plot line here agents of firestorm (laughs) acronym city acronym city that's right so okay so chris actually has the uh acronym here fusion ignition research experiment and science of transmutation originating rna and molecular structures yeah, so we got to meet Jason, and uh, there was a reference to Martin, mm-hmm. and um, and that's our agents of Firestorm, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I got to tell you, I, I you know Firestorm, of course, we've seen. I don't know if you've seen this or not, but on the internet, you've probably seen some of the leaked images of uh, what the costume looks like, and it looks cool. And uh, you know, I I have to admit, it's not it's not a driving motivator for me for this particular series. Maybe I'll start caring about Firestorm more once something actually happens with it. But I don't, I, I didn't, I'm not watching the Firestorm show. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, no, I, I see what you're saying, but I, I'm still kind of intrigued by this side plot, though. Well, I'm good. That's good. I'm glad that you are. It's just for me personally, it's not my thing. Like, I don't know anything about Firestorm, so I don't know anything about the origins or the creation. So this is all my Firestorm that I'm getting. Right. And I just thought it was really interesting uh, when we saw Jason's reaction to uh, to Caitlin saying, hey, you know, you got to help my friend it's the only way you could possibly help me is because of this firestorm stuff. And he's like, Oh yeah, there's some bad news going on about this. I want to know what that bad news is. I want to know why it was canceled. I want to know everything that was going on. Uh, why is he so secretive about it? Like, that's what I'm curious about now. Well, we'll see where they go with it. I, I, I'm not completely disinterested, but I do find every single time that the firestorm plotline is on, I want to kind of get back to the the bigger picture. And I know that that'll probably be play into the bigger picture somehow, but I just, I, I don't see the connective tissue other than star labs and the explosion of Ronnie. Well, yeah, and I'm hoping they develop that a little bit more and maybe they'll tie it into something. But I don't I don't I want to know what they're going to do with it. It just seems OK. So Firestorm shows up. He, you know, scares off reverse flash. And what are they going to do to, like, reconcile him with the rest of the show? Um. Well, I mean, I think that uh, Rayosin, Rayosin, Rosen, I think that Rosen in the chat's exactly right. I mean, he's going to show up. He's going to be helping Barrymore. Uh, he's going to be essentially like an angel to his Buffy without the romantic subplot. Hmm. So are you thinking that this might lead to a potential spinoff? I could. I mean, that's one of the things, right, is that we're getting all of these different characters. And it's actually one of the reasons, despite 
Firestorm not being that particularly interesting to me personally. I do like how this DC TV universe is expanding out, introducing characters like, you know, Wildcat and Adam over on Arrow. And here we see, you know, characters like Firestorm and potentially, you know, we could get an expansion of Vibe to be Vibe and we could get Caitlyn to become Killer Frost, which is not necessarily a hero, but, but still, you know, I, I dig it. I like where they could potentially go with this. There's a lot of speculation, actually, that the agents of Firestorm will actually end up being the new Team Flash. If, in fact, we do have uh, Killer Frost become Killer Frost and the Reverse Flash become the Reverse Flash, that's going to leave Team Team Flash with two spots to fill. So if you get a Martin Stein in there, if you get some sort of you know character like a, uh, a Ronnie or a Jason as kind of that secondary character as well, you could potentially you know pad out your team. So who knows? Maybe that's what they're supposed to be. Yeah, because that's what I'm trying to sort of think of here is you know the show's about the Flash. And, you know, Arrow has his support team right now. Flash has his support team. So, like, where does Firestorm fit in? Unless, like you said, Caitlin goes snow and Harrison goes reverse and then they can come in and be regulars and not really feel like there's too many cooks in the kitchen. Yeah, yeah that's probably it. I, but I like see, I don't want that to happen, though. And that's the other. Maybe that's one, one of the other reasons why I'm a little bit uh, hesitant about the Firestorm plotline. Because I think that makes a lot of sense structurally, but I love Harrison Wells so much, and I'm really digging on Caitlyn. It took me a while to kind of find, you know, like like get her, but now that I get her, I love her, and I don't want to lose her. I want to I want to see her go bad. Honestly, I think that's going to be really cool. And oh, I know, super fun to watch. I'm so torn because I want that too. Have you seen that fan art that yes. has been circulating? Oh, it's incredible. Yes, so good. Yeah, it's beautiful. If you haven't I'm seen sure it, we we posted that, haven't we? Yeah, oh yeah, we know we do the epic art on uh, on Twitter, and that was definitely yeah. That's pretty much kind of my notes for this episode, man. But I want to make sure we have a good amount of time to talk a little bit about speculation because something really rang true for me this episode, as I've already mentioned, and that's that Harrison Wells, uh, or otherwise known as the Reverse Flash, is very much interested in Barry Allen, not just as an adversary. In fact, I don't think at all that that's the case and and i you know i i will say that there's probably a lot of people that have already kind of come to this conclusion but here's my tweaked theory on the harrison wells eobard thon you ready for this let's do it i think that harrison wells is essentially mr glass from unbreakable mixed, <laughs> mixed with amanda waller specifically the dc animated universe uh, Batman Beyond interpretation of the character. And I think that he comes from the Flashpoint universe. So you think that Wells is reverse Flash from Flashpoint? No, uh, no, 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 no. I, when I say, what, I'm, what I mean is the original timeline that he's from, mm -hmm. I think is the Flashpoint universe. This is something that's been kind of circulating and speculated about, is that Flashpoint's going to somehow play into this. And, and a lot of people are hoping and thinking that perhaps at the end of season one, Barry is going to find himself in some sort of Flashpoint universe. What I am speculating, and actually I, I floated this around a couple episodes back, is I think that when Barry travels back to try and save his mom, he's going to succeed, but what's going to end up happening is he will end up in a Flashpoint-like universe, which is the original universe that Eobard Thawne, now called Harrison Wells, is from. Interesting. Right. So, And the idea is that in that universe, things were so bad that Eobard Thawne, 
decides that the only way to stop whatever this crisis is that I, that I exist in, whatever this world, this horrible world is, I'm going to go back in time and I'm going to create my own hero. I'm going to give him tragedy. I am going to unlock his powers and give him powers. I am going to train him myself. I'm even going to give him a villain to fight, like a Mr. Glass to uh, Unbreakable. I, don't, I hate to spoil that movie, but it's been out for gosh decades so i don't feel too bad about it yeah bruce um, willis is dead at the end of six cents oh don't no <laughs> don't do that don't do that my brother my brother spoiled that movie for me it's made me jaded to people who haven't seen it yet the judge spoiled that one for me so that's well, that's what I, i'm thinking i don't know man because Cause no it, it, he he is all about some barry allen he likes i mean he likes barry i mean i think i think it's honest and I, honestly i want this to be honest because i like the harrison wells character and i like this relationship that he has with barry and even though it's based on lies, I don't want the emotion behind it to be uh, to be a lie. Well, then I have to ask you, the newspaper that he looks at from the future, is that the future from the Flashpoint timeline or is that the future from this current timeline? That it's he's the in? future from this current timeline that he's in. As you recall, when Barry lost his powers, that that newspaper changed, which means the future that he's currently in changed. And so that's his way to somehow, you know, view what's going to happen in the future to try to work it out so that he is preparing Barry to deal with whatever the crisis of the future is. So because the reason why I'm asking where the, the, the newspaper comes from is because if he was going back in time to prevent the crisis, Barry prevents the crisis. And whatever that is, I mean, under, with, with the understanding that it's probably not going to be crisis on infinite Earths. But but, you know, the crisis, we don't know what that actually means in this interpretation, but keep going. Yes. But but Barry in that newspaper article, it says, you know, flash disappears. The, the red sky is lifted. The crisis is averted. Right. So Barry. So so the crisis. Eobard succeeds because he wanted he wanted to create a hero that would stop the crisis. And he does. That newspaper proves that in this new world that he's created, he has created a hero that will then, you know, go on and yes, die in the crisis, but it will end the crisis, which is what his original goal is or was or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. That's just that, 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 hmm. it makes it, it makes you know, total sense. Butterfly effect, right? I mean, if he goes back in time and changes all this well, stuff, okay, the same crisis is going to happen. Well, I don't know. yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's that's why he's got the computer, Gideon, whatever you want to call it, to make sure that he is able to kind of ride those waves and adjust, massage the timeline as, as it's needed to get to that point. I mean, maybe, maybe. The future, always in motion the future is, Bell. Mm, yes. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's funny, I, actually. I don't, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not 100% sold on that, but I, I do see where you're coming from, and I like the idea, but I'm not 100% sold on it. I, you know, when I was a kid, I used to think that Yoda said, awkward emotion is future. Like, as if the future itself had, had a bit of an emotion to it, and it was kind of awkward. That's awkward. Why well, not say that about Yoda? <laughs> well, that's what I thought he said. It was it was kind of hard to hear him. Misheard me, you did. <laughs> <laughs> Use the speed force, you must. <laughs> it binds us, makes us run fast. Yes. <laughs> Actually, it binds us. It does. <laughs> yeah, very good. Very good. All right. Nine hundred so miles an hour. You run. Look as good. You will not. Man, all of this actually ties into a lot of news that came out while we've been off the air, so let's go ahead and jump into some news. News flash. Man, okay, so a ton's come out, and we can't necessarily go through all of it in the time that we have tonight, but here are the highlights. Based on kind of what we were talking about just now, there's a lot of discussion that's been going on between uh, the showrunners for the show as well as Tom Cavanaugh about 
who is the reverse flash. Tom Kavanaugh basically has come out and said, yes, I am the reverse flash and there is only one. And then there's kind of more of some tap dancing going around from the showrunner saying like, well, you know, we're going to see things from the reverse flash, but I didn't necessarily say that was Harrison Wells. And I think everything that has been said perfectly fits with my theory uh, because technically by that point in time, well, let me be more specific. They've said specifically that we will be dealing with time travel in the near future. And we're going to actually see somewhat spoilers here. The uh, the events of the pilot in uh, in the history or, or specifically the origin of Barry Allen from the perspective of the reverse flash. Interesting. Yeah. But that makes sense to me. And that doesn't that does not negate in any way that Harrison Wells is the reverse flash. That would have been before he actually became Harrison Wells. So uh, I, I, I call that that's still on board. Yeah, but see, the, the, uh, one of my big reservations about the point that you made earlier is the fact that, you know, a lot of the showrunners are there. They're saying stuff. But, you know, Grant Gustin has said that no one has guessed what the big twist is. yet. All right. So that's the other thing. That's more recent that uh, that came out. I that's a bold claim to make, Grant. I'm going to go ahead and call you out on that, buddy. That's that is a bold claim to make that no one has guessed the end of the season. Uh, now, I'm not saying that that's not true. I mean, obviously, we're, one of the reasons we want to watch is because we don't know what's going to come down the pipeline here. But he's saying there's a big twist. Nobody knows what it is. And, uh, and you know, he's saying, I've read everything on the Internet. I know that, you know, I've seen what everybody says. I don't know, man. I just well, I mean, don't he, know. He, he is the Flash. He could speed read the Internet in like 30 minutes. <laughs> you know it's a television show, right? Wait, what? This isn't, this isn't Flash reality talk. This is Flash TV talk. What? Oh, man. I'm sorry. You mean Central City's not real? Hang on. Where's the flashy thing? <laughs> Bell, uh, yeah. we were just talking about... Um, we were, we were just talking about The Flash and uh, and how Grant Gustin was saying that uh, that, that uh, nobody has guessed the end of the series or the, the season premiere or season finale, rather. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know, man. This has got everybody kind of scratching their heads going back to the drawing board. Um, I think one of the more popular theories that has risen back to the surface is one we've already talked about, that uh, that Flashpoint will actually be the end of the series, that Barry will find himself in some sort of Flashpoint universe. I, you know, that's not necessarily new. But it hasn't been one of the more popular theories, and I think that's one of the reasons it's come back uh, in, in, in kind of context here. So I'm excited, man. What, what are you thinking? What do you think this means? I don't know, but I just had this really cool thought in my head. If he does wind up in a Flashpoint universe, you know, they've always said we're never going to see Batman. Well, they haven't said that. Well, that's That's been our speculation based on the fact that they've never committed one way or the other to whether or not Batman exists. Well, yeah, but what I'm saying is, is you know, because... I'm wondering if, if that stipulation that the, the, the studios or whatever said, well, we're not going to put Batman on TV because it'll hurt our you know, movies or whatever. But they never said anything about Thomas Wayne Batman. That would be amazing. I Wouldn't think that, that would be? be I think it'd be great. I would love to see a Thomas Wayne Batman. That oh, would yeah. be huge. You that would be massive. Imagine. Oh, dude. All right. Imagine a season finale where two part season finale. First part. Barry deals with uh, the, you know, he finds out that Harrison Wells is Eobard Thawne. He goes back in time. They're racing. He goes back in time to try to stop him from killing his mom. They have this epic battle all around his childhood self. He succeeds and then is thrown back to the future, past, present, <laughs> back to the present. But in this new timeline where he succeeds by Eobard Thawne slash the reverse flash and is greeted by a Batman with red eyes. And says, you know, like, what are you doing here? Or something like that. That'd be that'd be insane. Could you yes. imagine? That'd be huge. 
Yes, that'd be awesome. And everybody would say, oh my gosh, it's Batman. And the, the entire summer would be speculating, wait, was that Thomas Wayne Batman? No, it's Bruce Wayne. Batman's coming to the universe. And there'd be all this hype. It'd be huge. That would be, yeah. I, 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 would, I would be all over that because I loved Flashpoint. Uh, watching that for Flash TV Talk, actually, uh, before the Flash came out, that, that I super enjoyed that. Collis, would- hang on, hang on. Collis, to be fair, Flashpoint did not ruin the DC Comics. Flashpoint was never necessarily intended to be the kickstart, you know, the kickoff of what 52, New 52 was. It was going to be its own story. But given that they were going to do with the New 52, they ended up tying that in and using that as the excuse for why we have the New 52 today. So don't don't hate too much on Flashpoint because that it was never intended to be the death of the DC universe. All right, Bell, what were you saying? Um, I don't remember. Sorry, I, that it's it's one of those things where you know when. <laughs> I'm sorry, no, Collis, I didn't. Cisco, I wasn't trying to call him out like that. That's that's not, that's not what I was going for. I just meant right now, especially right now with with the latest news about Marvel, which we'll be talking about tomorrow night on panel to screen, uh, and just kind of this whole comic book reboot and the the postmodern age of comics that we're entering into, and I guess because of the new Fifty Two, have been in for a while. I just you know. I, I I see I honestly see Flashpoint as the last bastion of the DC universe. That was Flashpoint was an amazing uh, amazing storyline. I really really loved it, and uh, you know I, I don't like the fact necessarily that it launched into the New Fifty Two, um, but but at the same time you you got to give some love where it's due. That was that was an epic story. Yeah, I never I I never knew that Flashpoint actually is what spawned the New Fifty Two. Well, you know when he comes back. Oh, wait, have you read the comic? I know you've seen the movie. No, I've just I've just read the uh, or seen the movie. Actually, I think actually if you go and watch, um, I think even in the movie there's a bit of a costume change when he gets back to the future, past, present. <laughs> That's how I do it. All right, seriously though, what were we talking about? The the fact that no one has guessed what or Grant Gustin says that no one has guessed the big twist at the end of the season. I'm calling Grant out. I'm saying, buddy, somebody's called it. Grant, if you wanna if you wanna um, stand by your claim, come on the show. Yeah, absolutely. We'd Come love to hear show. from you. We'd love to hear from you. Let's chat. Let's 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 find out what's going on in your life. It'll be good. <laughs> Just had a birthday. You yeah. know. You know, yeah. Bell came by and uh picked you up and spun you around. That was that was sweet. Yeah, it's it's nice of me. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Uh could be Gorilla Grodd. Nobody's really talked about Grodd, but he could pop up in the end of the season. Possibly. Yeah. So uh we'll we'll have to find out about that. Uh and then last bit of news. Oh, big bit of news. So this is kind of spoilery here, but in an upcoming episode, specifically episode 18, uh, we will have a return of the Arrow character, Felicity. So uh, it'll be great to see her coming and uh, hanging out with Team Arrow. I'm sorry, Team Flash once again. I always love when she's a part of the team. Uh, but she will not be alone. She's actually bringing her current boss, which is da 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 Ray Palmer, otherwise known as the Adam. Or at least, you know, maybe he will be, maybe he won't be. The episode will be called All-Star Team-Up which is a nod, of course, to All-Star Comics. And given some of the talk about The Atom being a new television show and really where that came from, my guess is that if we're going to see The Atom do his thing in the shrink department, uh, it's probably going to be on The Flash rather than Arrow. You think so? Well, yeah, you know, that actually kind of makes sense because there's just... Metahumans are real now in The Flash universe. Yeah. Or in The Flash... Well, they're in both the DC the TV universe. universe proper. Yeah, but... I mean, I, I just I, I don't see Arrow fighting a lot of metahumans. 
I, I see that being more of a right. flash domain. Right. Well, and you know, possible crossovers being, hey, there's a there's you know a, a metahuman in Starling City, and then Flash comes and helps Arrow for an episode. Depending on your definition of metahuman, I mean, he's he's fought, uh, you know, and I know you're not really caught up, but I mean, he has fought some guy, the Mirakuru Super Serum. I mean, that's that's kind of metahuman. Yeah, those are super soldiers, not metahumans. I guess I don't know, and well, hmm. I I don't. I don't know how they're going to do that, though, because they've got characters on Arrow running currently uh, that, that are going to need some sort of super powered, you know, boost. And if the idea is that they have to make a if they have to do kind of a crossover in order to get their superpowers, but they only get them while they're in Central City and oh, suddenly I'm back, you know, in uh, Star City and I no longer have my canaries cry. Dang you, Flash <laughs> or reverse Flash, probably. Yeah, I don't know. But I am excited for the crossover. Always love Felicity. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, she'll be great. And, of course, we got our uh, our super Adam coming over, so that'll be great, too. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see what they're going to do this episode. I'm hoping some shrinkage, but I don't know. Yeah, significant shrinkage, please. Yeah. <laughs> it's a Seinfeld reference. All right, man. Um, anything else? Any other thoughts? No, I think that pretty much covers it. All right, let's jump into some listener feedback. Your thoughts, your comments. Listener feedback. All right, Wu Kim writes in. You know we love Wu. He helps us with our show notes here, and actually is now a uh, part of the panel to screen team. Uh, in that our Facebook page over at f- uh, Facebook.com/slash/panel-to-screen is now like been wooified. That that man is awesome. He has been mm-hmm. hooking us up. If you are in any way interested in uh, comic books to to movies to television and everything in between, you need to be following Panel to Screen on Facebook because uh, Wu is just bringing it with the news. And, uh, and hooking us up there. But what does he say today, Bell? We writes, Dear B&B, I thought this episode was really good. I liked Wentworth Miller as Captain Cold. He is so icy, no pun intended, and so calculating. Almost Dr. Vital Savage-like from Superman comics. Uh, I like that things are still kind of off between Barry and Iris. I uh, love Dr. Wells playing along with Cisco's naming of the villains. Uh, I don't believe Wells was lying to Alan when he uh, was talking about Alan preparing himself for the reverse flash because I think that is what is supposed to happen so the timeline wait so that the timeline there stays intact and if he goes up against fire and ice, this is what I'm calling making snart, the future could be altered in a way that Wells doesn't want. I loved Alan, Cisco and Wells talking about Ghostbusters and how Cisco looked like he was a Ghostbuster when he was uh, at the CCPD. Uh, it was good. Uh, it was good. Caitlin's still searching for Ronnie. And when I saw she was driving a Fiat, I was like, of course she does. Oh, I didn't even notice that. That's good. <laughs> uh, I didn't see Thon saving the Flash. I like that Central City knows the Flash exists. Uh, if there was one negative nitpick about this episode, I wish you saw Peyton List as Leonard Snart's sister, but oh well, to be continued. Episode rating, five out of five. P.S. Love that Barry Allen uh, loves apple pie. I laughed so hard when I saw the mountain of apple pie wrappers outside the testing site. Yeah, that was. Oh, that I didn't notice that. That's <laughs> yeah. good. There's a huge pile of like Burger King wrappers and like uh, <laughs> apple pie stuff, like just a pile of just fast food wrappers uh, after he blows up the drone is super cool. I-, I thought that was funny as well. You know, it reminds me, we forgot to talk about the fact that Barry is living with Papa Joe and they have the whole, you know, you, you want to hang around for a pizza? Make it too. Yeah. <laughs> Eating it up. And now, see, that's the thing. We find in the one episode we find out that um, Barry has an apartment. It's the one episode that d- clarifies that we'll never see it. Yeah. I always thought that was kind of weird because I kind of thought he lived with, with Papa Joe at first. And yeah. then I was like, well, I guess not. And now they 
verified that yes he does have an apartment but he's never there and we've never seen him there and we never will see him there that's right hey we got an itunes review in from studicris he says another great bowen bell show i came to the show due to panel to screen and although i know little to nothing about the flash this podcast has the same magic which makes its parent show a must listen the hosting duo is intelligent enthusiastic and above all charming their banter and excitement towards the subject matter is infectious. Well, thank you, Studicris. We really greatly appreciate that. want to remind you guys that if you have not done so already, you head on over to iTunes and write us a review. Every single time we get a multiple of 10, we will be giving away a free digital comic from Comixology. So uh, so do that. And uh, I tell you what, Bell, actually, you know, technically, while we were gone, while we were on hiatus... Uh, we actually jumped up from like 68 to 72. So hmm. we hit a multiple of 10. I'm thinking maybe next episode we give away a free digital comic. I'm down. Let's do it. All right. So whatever iTunes reviews are in, look for that next episode. Uh, also want to remind you that uh, Bell and I, we do a lot of fun projects beside panel to screen. We also have a web comic called The Brogues. Head over to thebrogues.com. Find out what happens uh, over there. Every single Tuesday, new episodes are going, new issues are going out. You can also follow us on Twitter. We're at Flash TV Talk. And if 140 characters isn't enough to express your love for our show, feel free to email us at flash at podastery.com. That's P-O-D-A-S-T-E-R-Y dot com. And for the latest news and daily discussions on all things Flash, be sure to like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash flash TV talk. And also check out our parent show panel to screen where this week we we talk about secret wars. That's right. Big shout out to Mike H. Schmidt, who provides our outro music. Woo Kim, who helps us out with our show notes. You guys are awesome. Part of our Flash TV Talk Flash family. Uh, you can find out more about uh, Mike Schmidt's music from SoundCloud.com slash Mike H. Schmidt. Want to remind you to stick around after the outro music for spoilers on our next episode. But if you don't want to be spoiled, don't worry. We'll be back in a flash. All right, episode 11, The Sound and the Fury. What a wonderful name for an episode which is going to introduce Pied Piper. Now, Bell, uh, Pied Piper, a very, very interesting character, one of extreme interest to us because his power set historically has actually been tied to not just being a metahuman, but to the anti-life equation, which is a uh, connection to the apocaly- to apocalypse, to the new gods, and to dark side. Yeah, it was very uh, the, the anti-life equation that where I know it the most from is from uh, the Trinity. It was a fifty-two week, uh, not a crossover event. I guess a fifty-two week event that where Batman, Superman, and uh, Wonder Woman all team up and they fight, and uh, Darkseid basically releases the anti-life equation, and uh, that was my first exposure to it. And so I am super excited to see what they're going to do with this. I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope that they mention it in some context. I'm not really expecting it, but I think. Since they since they threw that subtle reference to the emotional spectrum in there, I think there may be something about the anti-life equation, and I'm really I excited know, to see man. what they that do. That would be awesome. You know, based on what we've seen in the uh, in the quick preview, it looks like they're giving him a pretty high power level, one that looks a little bit higher than what we've seen from most metahumans. Which kind of, I don't know. I would love that. Could you imagine, dude? Okay, um, all right. So here's the thing: they're tying in Ra's al Ghul, who is a pretty heavy Batman uh, villain. What if they did like the only character that I can really think of that has kind of that established world around them is somebody like a dark side. What if they brought in dark side to be in a similar capacity as Ra's al Ghul is over on Arrow uh, on Flash? That would be insane. That would be insane.
It would be amazing. <gasps> what if the Red Skies is actually an apocalyptic invasion of the future? Like, Darkseid comes down with a bunch of parademons and tries to just wreck shop, and Flash is like, uh-uh, no, you didn't. Could be. And just, like, runs up and starts smacking people. I'm just saying it could be. I don't know. We'll we'll find out uh, next week. Pied Piper, very interesting character, even if he's just a metahuman. A lot of people are actually speculating that Pied Piper's been referenced before in the series. In the comics, uh, Captain Singh is actually in a relationship with Pied Piper. However, really? yes. However, I don't think they're going to go that route given the age difference and the fact that Pied Piper comes off in the previews as pretty daggum evil. And even though Captain Singh is Captain Buzzkill, I don't know that he would actually date an evil dude. Well, but Captain. So they mentioned that Captain Singh's already in a relationship. Could that be with Pied Piper? That's what everybody's speculating. And I mean, very well may be, but I don't know. Did he seem like a vegetarian to you? I mean, honestly, Pied Piper says like one line. <laughs> the one line that he does say is actually pretty funny. Where he's <laughs> like, you know, what does he say? He says uh, something like something about know, being tied up in something. Well, normally I wouldn't complain when a man in leather carries me away. You know? Something like <laughs> something that. Something like that. And I was like, yes, that's hilarious. So I don't know. I, one way or the other, like I said, I'm I'm hoping that uh, they. I at least make a reference to Dark Side. This could be a great entry level. I mean, gosh, like you mentioned, they're going to do the whole emotional spectrum and tie that in. How cool would it be? I mean, just a nod. Just just tease it out. You know, yeah, just, you don't have to do anything for a couple of seasons. Just tease it. That that would make my day if they teased it. That'd be amazing. So yeah. we'll see what they do with that. Uh, interesting character. Look forward to seeing a character who actually names himself. It'll be That'll be a first. Yeah, yeah. It- <laughs> Yeah, that's another that's another great line from the preview where uh, you know Cisco's like or, or uh, Pied Piper says I like to call myself Pied Piper and Cisco's like I do that. <laughs> totally, but, totally think that that's going to be uh, something that happens in that episode that's going to be funny. All right, that's pretty much it. I don't I don't really have any other spoilers other than Pied Piper's coming. Uh, yeah, I don't think I got anything else. Well, that's it for this Flash TV Talk podcast. For more Flash Tastic awesomeness, tune in next week to Flash TV Talk. Flashtastic outro, copyright Matt SC.